Hi, and welcome to Authors on the Air, the global radio network. We are coming to you today from day four of BotchaCon 2023 in San Diego, California. We're really excited to be here. We've been having some wonderful interviews, and we're going to continue on that vein. I'm Penny Manson, host, guest host with Authors on the Air, drive with my husband, Craig Manson, guest host of Authors on the Air. And I'm going to let Craig take the lead on this uh, next that's got because it's closer to his uh, wheelhouse than mine. So take it away, Craig. Matt, you say you write political spy thrillers. How did you, how did you get into that? I was fortunate enough to attend college in Virginia, uh, where the president of the college at the time at Hammond Sydney College in Virginia was the former director of the Defense Intelligence Agency, General Sam Wilson. And when I took his intelligence community class. It, Literally, the intelligence community got its claws into me, uh, and I just couldn't I couldn't let go how fascinating it was. And uh, one of the th- things that uh, came after 9-11 was the golden age of the terrorism thriller. And I started reading Vince Lynn and Brad Thor, uh, Jill Rosenberg, Jack Carr, and uh, not only was I enjoying their novels, but I was taking a master class in their craft, learning how to weave the plots and develop the characters. If you read enough books over time, things started to develop organically. And eventually I, I had a story for a kidnapped CIA agent that has to escape Iran. And that's what the road started for me for my debut novel, Surviving the Lines. Wow. How many have you written so far? I just finished my third. Uh, the second one, the Iranian Deception came out in June of 2022. That was about the, the supreme leader of Iran had, had died and his successor came in. I uh, wanted to dominate the region using a secret connection to the Nazis. And then I followed that up with the Ayatollah takedown, which came out this past March. And it is in a nutshell about regime change in Iran, which I think will happen in my life. That's I, I won't make any political comment about that, but, well, I will. Let's hope you're right. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, are these in series or? It is a no, series. It yeah, is a series. It is a series. It, it wasn't, it wasn't intended to be. I wrote my first novel thinking, okay, let's see how this thing goes. Mm-hmm. And my. My publisher says, well, I like it so much, I want a series. What are your other two ideas? And I had to come up with <laughs> something literally right off the top of my head. And, and thankfully, the, the two ideas that I had were, ended up being, popping up at least said yes. Somebody told us this morning that she had written one book and she and a publisher had accepted, was about to accept it. And the publisher said, is this a series? And she said, she wait just a little bit and she typed out the first chapter of the second book <laughs> and then she said yes it's a series <laughs> right, yeah absolutely it's, do you want it to be because if you do then the answer is yes <laughs> what are you going to say no <laughs> uh, who's the protagonist of your uh, series in the uh, in the first novel it's uh, Kirk Carruthers because I needed to take a, a one the audience to see Iran through the eyes of someone that is more 
along the lines of how the man. But I, it, what I did was I transitioned to my the protagonist in my second two novels named Ben Thrasher, who is the CIA operative on the ground. And what I did is I introduced him late in the first novel, and then I liked him so much that I decided to continue on but soon three. And I, I get a lot of questions like, oh, why didn't you just keep Kirk going? Well, in, in the novel, Kirk's, his path was to really find peace with his grandfather's death. And he found that at the end of the final novel, or the first novel, excuse me. And I just thought, I can find a way to get in there, but I just felt like his journey was done. And I didn't want to start a cliche of, okay, he went to Iran. They think he's a super spot. Let's put him in training and, and, and do something like that. It had been done, and I'm not saying it's bad. Plenty of uh, best-selling authors have done that. It, to me, it had just been done. So I wanted to leave Kirk on the side because people liked him, but I wanted to try to transition with the Ben Thrasher character because he's very emotional, and but he's also very smart. So he's hard to be around, but you can't not be around him if you want to get a mission completed so i thought it was a very dynamic character that i really wanted to stick with and how did you do research i was fortunate enough that even though the iranian government is very stringent on internet access and facebook and twitter they're actually very lenient on instagram and youtube and since everybody has a, a camera phone or a dash cam these days the places that i wanted to explore I was able to do so by way of YouTube and some of the documentaries that are on Amazon Prime and the, a lot of the Instagram feeds that are showing the palaces and some countrysides. As far as the country itself, that's how I did it. In terms of the workings of the Ayatollah regime, I had to read a lot of, of, of nonfiction novels. Yeah. And Mark Bowden did one about the, the hostages that were taken in 1970-1979 called the Ayatollah and that kind of started the ball rolling for me in, in determining the mindset of the Islamic Republic. That's quite amazing. You, you did all that research eh, on Iran, but how did you research on the CIA? The CIA, I was fortunate enough that I kept my books from college on the intelligence community. And when you grow up in Virginia Beach, you grow up with a lot of military, military people, SEALs and things like that. So I just tended to just listen and I heard stories enough over the years. And I read, again, I did a lot of nonfiction research. I read biography by Richard Helms and George Tennant, all, all former directors of, of the CIA. And it, it, it dates back to the 70s and you get to see how the CIA has developed into really what is really becoming more bureaucratic agency than I think was originally intended. But the people that work for the CIA are group patriots and they sacrifice themselves for the mission in order to keep the country safe. And that's something that I think all of us should be grateful for. And I certainly will never forget. So I wanted to make sure that people stay aware that the, those heroes are still alive. Yeah. 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 It's it's awfully fascinating the CIA and the, its role in American politics and international geopolitics, right? As well, we used to live about 
three miles from the CIA headquarters. Oh, no kidding. Yeah. <laughs> and in fact, a friend of ours got invited to a party one day, and he made a wrong turn, and he turned into the he turned right where he shouldn't have, and uh-huh. turned into the gates of the CIA. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that down. Uh, somebody was following. Oh, I bet there was. Yeah, because they, they've had a battle in Virginia for a long time for the road sign that says CIA this way. Cause yeah. It's supposed to be secret, but then somebody else comes in and says, you need to tell people where to go, so they keep taking it on and off. So it sounds like at that time somebody had taken the sign off and didn't know where to go. But it, The sign was up. He just, oh, it was? Okay. Yeah, I just okay. made the wrong turn. I wouldn't want to make that mistake. Yeah. No. <laughs> no. 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 Um, so where do you see this series going ultimately? I We talked a little bit about regime change. Mm-hmm. Do you see it going to that point in your novel? Yeah. The third one was about the regime change, but I can't give away too much. But yeah. I, I left open-ended enough that there was enough story left to still talk about the development of what happens if and when regime change comes about. Oh. And my my contract for my with my publisher was only for three knots, but mm. I do have some other ideas of, of what I can do, and still see the characters in the corner waving at me from mm. time to time. Though it, there's still a lot left to tell about Iran, but within the confines of three novels, I wanted to make sure regime change was was something that what was discussed because I, I think its time is coming. I don't know when, but the way that you know. The rebellions keep occurring in Iran. I think it's going to come about sooner or later. Okay. Did he get kicked out? And a technical glitch here, just a tiny one. You know what they say, to air is human, but to really screw up takes a computer. (laughs) (laughs) So true. You see yourself, let me put it another way. Where do you see yourself five or 10 years from now in terms of your writing? Uh, Besides the Pulitzer. (laughs) (laughs) One of the things I learned about Paltricon is that it's a grind to get to the top. I think every every writer that's attending here ultimately has their eye on the top of the mountain to become the next Mark Rainey, David Dodge, C.J. Fox. I'd be lying if I, if I told you that that wasn't the dream that I have as well. We would all love to to be able to have that. So I'm just going to keep plugging away and keep writing and dreams come true. And right now I'm maybe living the bottom end of it, but it's still, I'm still on the start of a journey that I think will have a bright future. So I'm hoping that I get there. From the seat of a person who's still trying to get to the end in the mm-hmm. first novel, but you're that further down the path. So there's always somebody looking up to you going, one day I'm going to be him. Yeah. Just like you're looking to somebody else going, one day I'm going to be him. Right. And yeah. that's, that is how it, that's how it's the story a, goes yeah, on. It's a journey. It's a process and a journey. And uh, the, the story comes from the journey. When you're, yeah, that, that's your story is what's going to make you popular and it, you know, your struggles are what people talk about in the future once you make it it's a real it's a rite of passage it it stinks sometimes and it hurts but it's i think you know, 
during the course of any type of success, it's ultimately necessary. So now your protagonist in in the next book, mm-hmm. second book, I guess. Yeah, Ben Thrasher. Ben Thrasher. How much is he like you? He's more like my brother than anything else. My my brother died in 2010, so I wanted to find a way to pay homage to him a little bit. And he, I like to say Ben Thrasher has my brother Ben's looks and my brains. The emotion comes from a lot of different places, but whenever you have a protagonist, you, you always, I think you always base it a little bit on, on other people. But when I think about him, I, I still see my brother a little bit and I see uh, Philo Mintimiglia, an actor in Hollywood who I yeah. think could, could really, could really do it. Yeah. Yeah. So that's when the book is optional. I hope so. I sent him a copy of it. He never writes back, but <laughs> you never know if you don't try. Yes. My friend Ray, a friend of a famous person, read her book one of the stolen murder mystery, the white cop. No, the name just went completely out. <laughs> but, and then her friend passed it on to Tony Braxton, and the next thing oh, you know, it's a booby. And oh. things, you it happens know. just like that. You never know. And if you don't take a shot, you, you just try. don't play. You can't win. We want to thank you for te- stopping by and talking with us this afternoon on off the air, and we're wishing you the best success and hoping you're having a great time here at Budget. I'm having a blast. Thanks so much for having me. I appreciate it.